You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into Loho Daily. Man, do I have a treat for you. I wanted to talk about the White Sox, and I figure there's no better person to talk White Sox with than the dear boy himself, the realness, Herb Lawrence. Herbie, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's nothing I like to talk more about than the White Sox. Well, I wanted to talk to you partially because you have been um, you've been the ombudsman for White Sox fandom, I think. Like, just watching you on Twitter throughout the season, you've been the guy that's been like, but is this getting better? Okay. Yes. Is that fair? To, is that a fair way to, to to say that you've been reacting to White Sox baseball this year? I mean, diplomatically, yeah, I think you're being very diplomatic <laughs> about that because people would just say I'm negative or just a pessimistic White Sox fan, but I just don't accept anything that is given to me, especially from them. So yeah, I would take uh, that ombudsman uh, status. No, I I think it's a good way to say it because I think that a lot of us, myself included have been really excited about what's happened in 2019. Mm-hmm. You look at a lot of the individual stuff and have bought in to the concept of rebuild. Let me ask you, what things do you like about the White Sox rebuild and what things need to get better? I like that the players who you counted on in 2019 to show you something showed you something. Sans Lopez. So Tim Anderson took the step from... 240 hitter, guy doesn't get on base, to a guy who still still doesn't walk, but he won the batting crown, and he's on base at 360 clip. Um, Yohan Mankata improved from a guy who struck out, led the league last year, to a guy who was a top 10 player now, bar none, and he's like 24. Lucas Giolito, like I said on a Twitter post, he is the most improved, I think. He went from the worst ERA in qualified ERA for any pitcher in the league. To, to a guy that will get Cy Young votes. Yeah, so I love those things. I, of course, I love Eloy at the end of the year looking like the player that we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year, just need a little time, and he started murdering the ball in September especially. I actually think that Lopez, I like the fact that he took the ball every five days, mm-hmm. and I think that if in the second half he was so much better than the first, I think that he, he can be your fifth starter. I yeah. think that that's a good place for him. Now you need to fill in all the rest of the spots. Correct. The things I don't like is the same things I don't like starting the year because Tim Anderson, while he was being honest, 
said that when the White Sox drafted him, no development really happened. He just they just let him go out and play baseball. There was no like, hey, Tim Anderson, this is how we as the White Sox would like you to be. This is how we think that. Uh, this is our philosophy. This is the way you should swing the bat. This is the way you should field. As the fielding has not really improved, he's got a couple less errors, but he does make the routine things. But he was really honest. I don't know who it was with James Fegan or not that they don't really do any development. Now you can tell how they're not really developing players, even like low level players that gum that become middling players. There's none of those. And every other or most of the big-time markets like Minnesota, L.A., Houston, the Yankees, you'll see a guy they drafted mid-round, and that guy develop into a player that you can count on, Mike Touchman. They just got a guy off the waiver wire, or they drafted him, and he he contributed this year for the Yankees. All those people down there in Houston, they've failed on a couple first-round picks. John Singleton, um, Appel didn't sign, and he sucked. But they have drafted so many great guys and developed so many great guys that they didn't skip a beat. That's what I'm saying with the White Sox. Most of these players I just talked about, except for Tim Anderson, are acquired via some other team or some other way than the draft. Jose Abreu was acquired via international free agency. Same thing with, excuse me, same thing with uh, Luis Robert. You got to trade for Eloy. You got to trade for Yoan. You got to trade for Giulio. You got to trade for Lopez. How about drafting somebody, developing them, and letting them come to the majors? Because this model is not sustainable. And we know they're not going to spend top dollar for a, a free agent. So the cheapest, best way to do that is to draft and develop guys. And I, I don't see that still happening because guys, I don't, where is Jake Berger? Like he had an Achilles last year. He didn't play this year. Where is he? And when he was playing, he wasn't great. I just don't see um, guys that we talked about the year before. Mike Rodolfo, he's hurt all this year. He's doing well in fall ball, but where's the— Well, we were, we were having the same conversation about Mike Rodolfo this time last, last year. year. Yeah, he's been with the, the club since he was 16, and he's steadily improving, but he's like 24 now. He should be here. Yeah, and so, yeah, there's no— this guy is at this level, and he, at four years from now, should be a major league ball player. Not just a major league ball player, a guy who's contributing to a roster. And they have way too many holes. Like, their top-level talent is very good. But they are they drop off the table after that. They have to play Yoan, uh, or Yomer Sanchez at second, even though he played a good second base. They have to play Lurie Garcia in center field and Adam Engel in center field. And I don't see that changing. I don't see them saying we need to develop our guys and draft well and then teach them how to be, even if they, it's wrong, teach them how to be White Sox players. Teach the Todd Steerson philosophy down the levels. Can, teach- can we give them credit for Moncada then? It, because with Moncada, you had a position change. Mm-hmm. And they clearly, I mean, I remember hearing it while I was in, in spring training, the conversations that they had with him about his two strike approach. Okay. Yes. Where where you you can't you got to swing, man. Like you got to you can't have 218 strikeouts again, so don't do that anymore. Can we give them any credit for that or is that all talent? No, they get credit for what Tim Anderson did, what Giolito did, what uh of course Yoan Moncada did and Eloy finally becoming the player at the end of the year we thought he could be. 
but there's so few and far between those guys. They're studs. You know, we Tim Anderson's the first pick. Yohan Mankato's a big-time prospect. So was Giolito. Eloy, big-time prospects. We're the guys we picked in the fourth round that's shooting up and becoming a major league talent. Where's the former, like Mark Burley, 38th draft, a 38th round pick, and then becomes a stud pitcher. I don't see that happening with the White Sox, the lower level. They got to be high-level guys to succeed in the major leagues? No. Find some diamonds in the rough. I think this year they are starting to do it. They drafted more um, high school guys and uh, college seniors so they could – the college seniors can't go back to school, so they have leverage. The White Sox have leverage on those college seniors to sign them to a lower-level deal so they can go and get more high-talent high school guys and uh, enforce that or uh, entice them to sign the major league deal instead of going to college because they're giving them money over slot. Finally, getting smart ideas uh, where they didn't give – players over slot back in the day, and that's why you kept on getting the Jarrett Mitchells and the garbage players there that would fizzle out. So maybe changing from um, Hostedler to whoever they went to, the minor league and draft guy, is going to change because I don't see that Hostedler promotion as one. Same thing I feel. Jason McLeod. Yeah, the McLeod thing. It's loyalty. You're on the team. You haven't been doing well, but you know what? Stay on the team. You have value, just not at what we're asking you to and do. And they did that with um, Hostetler's predecessor, too. He's somewhere uh, still, Doug Lauman, I think, his name, st- somewhere still in the club. And I just want the White Sox as a whole to stop doing that loyalty thing. That's mostly what the problem is. They're hiring people who are loyal, that uh, Jerry knows, that uh, Han knows, instead of people who are actually qualified for the job. I don't know if Chris... Gets is qualified for the job he has, but I know they like him because he's a Michigan guy and he played for them. That's about it. But the development's not going on with the lower-level minor leaguers. The top guys, great. I need the bottom guys to fill out the roster. So when somebody evidently gets hurt or eventually gets hurt, like Eloy or Yoan, they both spent multiple uh, DL stints, there's a guy that could step up and give you at least replacement-level play they don't have that that just falls off the table when Eloy went off when Yoan went off when Tim went off they just fall off the table and they need those guys to say hey all right we're gonna be fine when this guy goes off the Yankees had Judge and Stanton go off and they didn't skip a beat that's what the White Sox need to be and I know it's a lot to ask because those guys are big time stars but they developed Judge they developed Tauschman they developed the guys Gio Urshela even though he's from a different place Mm -hmm. from Cleveland they developed him into an actual good player. D.D. Gregorius from Arizona. They developed him. And D.J. LeMayhew was an 87 OPS plus guy last year in Colorado. In Colorado. And he's this year he's an all-star. That's what I'm and, talking and, about. And was an M- he'll get MVP votes, too. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, you get your, your player personnel, sees a guy that's maybe somewhere else. He says, you know what? We get that guy into our system and what we do and what we can see. And that guy will be a minimum replacement level player and at maximum will turn into D.D. Gregorius or maximum turn into D.J. LeMahieu. That's what's lacking. That's the pessimism that I have going forward with the White Sox. How do you feel about Ricky? I don't, I you know, managers, rarely do I say they matter. I think 
especially when Ricky Renteria's case where he is bunting 95% more than the average MLB manager. Bunting. He's giving up In the runs. American League. Yes. He's giving up opportunities to score more runs. And this has been done by Tom Tango, and he's got the chart that gives you the numbers that it, you're better off having first and second with no outs than having second and third with one out because you just gave up an out. The numbers uh, say that you are actually costing yourself runs in the long haul, and that's the problem I have with Ricky and the whole Sox philosophy. They look at, oh, that worked. He bunted. Jose Abreu knocked that guy in the next thing. No. How about this? You get first and second on. Yeah, Jose Abreu will hit a couple ground balls and hit a couple double plays. But imagine first and second and Jose Abreu now hits a double down the line. First and second, the first and second, those two guys score. And now Jose Abreu has got a double. He's back in scoring position. I just need them to think about process, not outcome. There's so much outcome oriented instead of, hey, if we do things the right way, eventually things will shake out the right way. And even if the outcome is not favorable, we hit a double play, it's the right way we need to play. I'm going to go off on a little tangent right here, but the other day where we were all on um, social media bitching about uh, Fitz and his going for two both times, apparently the numbers say that you're supposed to do that. It's the first time. The second time, I think, was a mistake. But, you know, he sussed that out and got with the nerds and said, this is what we should do at this point. I disagree still, but I feel like that is his philosophy. He's done two-point conversions like a couple years ago where we all were like, that's a mistake. Don't do that. Remember in the bowl game, the yes. pinstripe bowl? But he has that philosophy that this is where we, this is why we should do this, even if the outcome's not favorable. It's a better way to do it, and I will him. I don't know if I could swear. I'll, I'll okay, sorry. It. It's totally fine. All right, I will crap on him <laughs> the whole time. I forget. I keep on forgetting him on the mic. I can't swear. It's a podcast. It's okay. But I will crap on him until the cows come home. But he believes in that, and I applaud him for sticking to his guns and actually saying, "This is what we believe in. This is how we're going to do it all the time." I feel this way. This is how our process starts. I don't care if the outcome, what we you know, we want the outcome to be better, but if we do this a time after time after time, the outcomes will weigh out and we'll have a better success rate. And that's what I want the White Sox to get to a point of. Even if they believe the fans and everybody outside thinks that what they're doing is wrong, stay with what you believe in. And Because if you're like Todd Stevenson, if you believe that you have a good hitting system, don't listen to anybody else. Send that all the way down the minors. Have your major league players run that same system all the way through because that's the White Sox way. That will be the way. And, you know, if it works out, it works out. But you're going to be vilified either way. Might as well do it the way that you want to do it. I, I have grown tired of Ricky. I, I like Ricky. And I think the that, person. Yeah, I like the person a lot. I've grown tired of Ricky the manager. Okay. And for for the reasons that you said, the 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 being inflexible when it comes to bunting when everyone knows that that's wrong, that you can have I'm not saying that there's no place for bunting. I'm not that that far on the other side of it, 
but it's situational. If yes. you if you want to late in a game with a guy that you don't feel can push the ball to the right side or get the ball in the air, if if you want to sacrifice Adam Engel, fine, yeah. fine. But in the first inning of games, you'd see some of this stuff. And you're like, what are you doing? Like I I I know that Ron Gardenhire was a big mm. fan of when well, we get this first run and then that we'll put pressure on them. I understand that, but to me it just seemed like a waste. And I I've been joking on the air the idea of well, you know, Joe's available. Yes. <laughs> so that's a guy who doesn't punt. And and I can I can tell you that while I'm saying that half tongue in cheek and I know it would suck for Ricky I think that if you're the White Sox, uh, just like the Pirates did, the Pirates are like, oh, oh, Joe's available? Clint Hurdle, bye. you can go. Because mm-hmm. even if we don't get Joe, we'll get an improvement over you yes. as, as the manager. And I think the White Sox are in the same place. I think that that guy, like what, what Ricky has proven to me, is that he would be super valuable in someone's organization, but not as their day-to-day manager. I see him as either your triple A guy, your roving instructor, or somewhere in the organization where the stuff that he likes to do has value. I don't think it's as as an every game manager, and I I'm looking for people to fight me on it. I'm sure there'll be people in the White Sox front office that that will fight me on it. Um, I don't want to take a ton of your time. I just I haven't we haven't had a chance to talk about the White Sox, and mm-hmm. I've been dying to since the the season was over I think that I'm also at the point where um and you know me I'm a fairly patient yes White Sox fan I think I'm done with being patient I I know that there are people who want to move that goalpost back to 2021 and I'm not that person 2020 you're getting Kopech back you should be getting Rodon back Giolito has proven himself to be a top flight guy. I think Reynaldo Lopez has proven that he can be at the bottom of your rotation. I want them to spend money. And what I mean by that is I don't want some wild curse too. I don't want some contract offer to a big time free agent. If you want the guy, then you sign the guy. Let's not play around with at bats or starts being an incentive kicker in contracts. If the guy is worth $300 million, give the guy $300 million and let's stop playing around. I agree 100%. You got to give, especially the White Sox, they have to know. I think you talk about this all the time, about self-scouting. I think the White Sox have to know where their hierarchy is in the league and what players think around around the league about them. So to... And this past offseason where they pussyfooted around and messed around with Manny Machado, I'm sure that got around to the rest of the players. And like, they're not ready to play. They're not ready to step up to the big boy table. If Garrett Cole wants seven years, I know Jerry Reinsdorf's not past four years. There has to be some lobbying going on with Kenny and Rick to say, I understand what you're talking about every year. But this guy, 300 strikeouts, boss, chairman. We need to get them. This is how we compete. We can't compete otherwise with Jake Odorizzi. Nice nice pickup. Be fine. Nice pickup, but where are we at? What are we doing? We're just middling? No. You need to go out and at least let them turn you down. You offer them a, a, a competitive, even if they offer them the same contract as some other team is, I would be impressed. 
we're offering you, Garrett Cole, the same amount of money that the LA Angels are offering you, the Cubs are offering you, and let Garrett Cole say, no, I'm good, I'll go to another team. At least you could say, hey, White Sox, I tipped the cap, you went in there, you battled, but you lost. Fine, sometimes you're going to lose. Same thing with Anthony Rendon. You got to be in the competition. You have the most money. And and you know now what Washington is talking about. Yes, they're offering something garbage, and they're doing that dumb incentive thing where he's getting paid when he's 99. Players don't want that. They're not Bobby Bonilla. They want money now, hey, now, Anthony now. Anthony Rendon, here's $250 million. Bye. And that's it. Yeah. And he takes it. He does. He takes it. If he doesn't, bye. You go on to the next guy. You look for Josh Donaldson. Or you look for uh, Azuna, who fits a right field profile. Somebody, but they need to go and get minimum two guys that change the the scenery here because they're 25 games behind what the Twins are now. And 20 behind Cleveland. Yeah, and so what are you going to do to shorten that gap? You need to get to 85 wins. They were at, what, 74 this year? 72. Okay, you need to get to 85 wins minimum to – Get in the ballpark of competing with that, and it really and disappointed. Come, it, it disappointed me because at the, at the All Star break, because I remember looking up when they were stuck on sixty wins for a while, and I was like, "Wait a minute, didn't they have forty two wins at the All Star break?" Yeah. So they were forty two and forty four, and until kind of that late surge in the last week and a half, they didn't play well in no. the second half. And I'm sitting there going, "How'd you flip this?" Had had it been reversed, and then you had a second half where you won forty two games, seventy two in in uh, what were they seventy two in ninety? No, they were seventy two and eighty nine because they blew that one game off. Oh yeah. So if, if they end up seventy two and eighty nine anyway, but they were winning forty two of the the last eighty three games, you go oh. Okay, they're coming. The White Sox are on the rise, but that's not what happened. It felt great in the first half, and it felt horrible in the second half. It's kind of what Ricky did with the 2014 Cubs before he got fired. He they improved in the second half of that season, and they're like, "All right, we got you. I appreciate the development, but we got this real ass dude here. We're gonna hire him, right? So yeah, right. We're gonna we're gonna pay him six million dollars a year, and we're gonna win World Series. Yeah, how's that sound? And and yeah, and to speak to your point earlier, you were saying it would be kind of sucky to do that to him again. But you know, you're not in the the friends business. It, you're in the business. It business. would it would it would absolutely suck. It would feel bad for everyone who's involved in it. But you can't tell me that White Sox fans wouldn't be like, oh, oh, we're for real Yes, now. and I think Joe and I spoke about this the other day. We were um, talking about 2015 where John Lester came out and said it. You know, you guys signed Joe Madden. When you signed Joe Madden, I got serious about signing with the Cubs because I was like, okay, the Cubs are ready to go. You have a real manager now. I came here because Joe was here and the money was right too. But that's the type of signal to everybody else saying, we have a real manager, and I'm sure Joe doesn't want to leave his restaurant Madden's Post here at Wrigley uh, all uh, abandoned after well, he just opened it. I know it's a little harder, but well, I mean, he likes the city. Well, he still has his restaurant in Tampa, by the way, okay. Ava. So, I mean, I think Joe is like, it's fine. I'll have restaurants all over the place. By the way, Anaheim. potato pancakes are amazing at, at Madden's, Madden's Post. Post. Okay, Put it on your list of places to go. Definitely need to go uh, there. The lasagna rolls. Phenomenal. A little citrusy. That sounds, that sounds delicious. Yeah. He could open one up on the south side. Men's where? Post South. I don't know where. 31st. We don't have a lot of land. Yeah. It's fine. Somewhere over there where I'm just saying that it would it would it would be a signal to the rest of Major League Baseball that 
yeah, you've been watching these White Sox prospects, and you're like, oh, they got some kids over there. Well, now they got a manager. And, now they got a real ass manager too. And that would play. That would play perfectly into what Joe is. He's more of a hey, kids, let's switch around some things. Let's have some flexibility. Uh, let's have the lineup be a little different. You know, when you're a vested veteran at the end of it, the Cubs are like, you know what, I'd like to be third now. Uh, Kyle, I don't want to be leadoff guy. Anthony, I'm fine with leadoff. Uh, leadoff is fine. But after a while, that Joe kind of thing doesn't you know, wear on you as a veteran. But it's like, you know, I I need to know where I'm at. I'm five years I into the, the game. I need the structure. Yeah. While the White Sox are so young, they're like, you know, put me in the lineup, coach. We'll do whatever. And that's the type of uh, thing he took over in 2015. And if you get a top-level pitcher like they got with John Lester, maybe you're competing earlier than you should. Because no one, I don't think, thought the Cubs would be the, what, 97-win Cubs in 2015, beating the Pirates in that one game. And and I remember Joe's opening press conference where he was like, no, we can can win the World Series. Mm -hmm. So I didn't come here to not. Exactly. Win the World Series. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a kick in the pants right now. And they got the best player. Your best player on that team is coming up eventually after some service time manipulation. Uh, I didn't like that either. So and, that's the same thing with the White Sox. Luis Rubera would be next next year. I, I don't I didn't like that thing. Why is it Robert or Robert? I don't know. It's I'm, Robert. I think it's Robert. You're, you're gonna anglicize him? I, that's not my <laughs> choice. I would. Just, I thought it was Luis Robert, but apparently it's Louis Robert. I'm trying to think, like Dominican, is that a? That's not a French uh, taking over a land, is it? I, I don't know. No, that's well. The, the Spanish did the Dominican, and the French did, did Haiti, Haiti, Haiti. But yeah. it's the same island, and, and he is a darker guy, so maybe he's on the Haiti side, but just went to the Dominican. Whatever. It's a whole thing, and the history but, of that is very, very messy. I know and, you talk about diaspora, and yeah, the, the, and, the, and the hate, the colorism that goes on in Haiti and D- Dominican. The 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 current relationship between Haiti and the Dominican Republic is very, very ugly. But that's another topic. All I'm saying is that. Here's my issue, and I know that seven is more than six. Our buddy Barry Rosner tells us that all the time. Mm -hmm. My thing was, if you're for real and you want to not have any of the, well, you know he's a rookie and you got to kind of get used to, you had 20 games where you could have done that. You're going to buy him out of those ARB years anyway. Yes, you are. So why not just do it? And then he's on the team, and next year he doesn't have to worry about where things are on the road or who's the traveling secretary or where he's going to live in Chicago. All that stuff is taken care of, and now you could just play ball. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was like, I, you're giving it back to Ryan Cordell and everyone else? <laughs> Fine. But that guy could have used the actual service time. Would have been valuable, I think, for Robert. Yeah, it, they just went through this with Eloy Jimenez, where he was struggling early. Like, a slider anywhere in, inside the ballpark was striking him out. And then he realized, he adjusted to the league. He adjusted to being a Major League Baseball player. And like you said, all the stuff and the trappings that come with that, the 20 games would have been, okay, this is what I did in these 20 games. I'm going to go back to where I live in the offseason and say, or I'm going to go to Arizona. Yeah, and see what I need to improve on. They saw what I did, and then next year I hit the ground running. There's I'm starting in April or March with the White Sox in Kansas City. Well, Herbie, I appreciate you coming on. I know there's a lot more that you want to say, but yeah. you know we can do this again at some point when we hear more 
during the winter. Sign somebody, probably. They better don't. Underwhelmingly. Like, don't mess around. Like, don't. If I hear that the White Sox contract is not straight cash, homie, I'm going to be really upset. This is the thing. I don't even think they're going to be in the Garrett Cole conversation. That's the thing. I've already resigned myself to the fate that Reinsdorf and Hahn and Kenny know that Reinsdorf won't sign a guy for so they're not years, even going to bring it to him, which is fine. I mean, if that if that's the team philosophy, I'm going to be bitching and moaning about it. But that's the team philosophy. Reinsdorf has always gone by this. I think that's why Mark Burley eventually left because he won it multiple years, and they chose John Danks instead of Mark Burley. So. You know, I'm not even going to get my uh, dander up on that one. It's going to probably be Jake Odorizzi battling with some other team for uh, a two or three. Uh, Which he'll help. He'll help. And if Kopech's any good. And addition by subtraction for Minnesota. That's true. But that's still a lot of home runs. (laughs) But you do have Kopech with a full, his first full year of starting. Cease with his first full year of starting. Innings limits on both those guys. Not so. not sure I believe in C's. Wow. That's a that's a cliffhanger right there. Yeah. We'll talk about it more as the offseason goes on. That is Herb Lawrence. I am Lawrence Holmes. We are not the same person. Glad that you could listen to our podcast today. I have something cool for you tomorrow.